I don't remember what was said when I caught you two in bed. But now I sit here drinking shit beer, chasing Johnny Walker in. Hi, welcome to the final episode of Clown Interrupted with Kiki Maroon. That's me. <laughs> I'll explain in the closer why it's the final episode. But first, let's talk about today's guest. So when I first started the podcast, I would do these social media shout outs, trying to find guests who would feel comfortable sharing their story with me. I was very grateful to everyone who reached out, but I did tell a lot of people no. I decided that a personal rule of mine would be not to have newly sober people on the podcast. One, because the point of the show was for me to get advice from people who were more experienced than me on how to handle this new way of being. And two, it seemed dangerous. Just knowing how difficult my first year was, everything can be like so raw and confusing. I didn't want to risk shaking up anyone's delicate or non-existent foundation for the sake of entertainment. Well, I fucked up. (laughs) I mean, not really, but kind (laughs) of. The Dallas Observer had an article called Straight Edge, Performers Explain How They Stay Sober While Working the Nightlife Scene. I got so excited about it that I reached out to some of the featured performers without doing my research first. Podcast newbie mistake. I set up the session with today's guest not knowing that she was only seven months sober. I almost canceled on her. Like, hey, sorry, I'm dumb. Um, Can we reschedule for two years from now? <laughs> I didn't say that, and I'm glad I didn't. Today's guest is Veronica Young, a party girl known for hosting and promoting concerts and stand-up shows around Dallas. She had a morning radio show called Hungover with V, where she and her guests talked about local music and current events while day drinking to get over their hangovers. <laughs> and that's why I didn't cancel on her. She quit drinking even though it was a huge part of her public persona. And that's something I really relate to. So, for the first time in Clown Interrupted history, I was the one given the guidance. (laughs) We talk about being batshit crazy, going on the apology tour, her first sober gig, and a lot more. I hope you like it. Here's me and Veronica Young. So I grew up with a very musical family, number one. So like everyone plays something, sings something, you know, um, I just, I, I, it it skipped me like the musical, (laughs) like (laughs) kind of talent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, but I do have a, a voice and I'm not afraid to use it. Uh, so I thought, well, what can I do to promote? Cause I was going out in deep Ellum and at that point it was really dead. There's like nobody out there. Mm. Um, so I started booking music. Okay. So I would, I have, you know, friends that were in bands or, you know, I'd meet bands out. And so I'm like, Hey, let me book you at this venue. And really what that was is it was just kind of like me getting a private show <laughs> for me and my friends. Yeah. That's basically what it was. I was yeah. like, I may or may not be able to get you paid. I can, probably get you a bar tab for sure <laughs> but i just really <laughs> want to see you <laughs> i just really want to see you play and That's see, the, awesome. see the lineup um and my dad was like the king of the hangover mm-hmm. like he was the king like nobody could treat a hangover like my dad like I, and so i watched him growing up like mm-hmm. the night before him and my mom you know drinking and they worked in restaurants so they would get off late. And so the yeah. party would start like at 11 PM. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's going to like 4 AM yeah. and they've got family over and the music's blaring and they would just drink, you know I mean? Like binge drinkers, yeah. right? Like the way they do, the way we do. Yeah. It's so prevalent in the restaurant industry. It's big. So like I actually, I was bartending, waitressing, everything for like, since I was 20. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, that was part of my thing. It's like, I didn't, uh, that would just was being an adult to me. Right. <laughs> I didn't really understand. Oh, this is not normal, not normal. <laughs> to like binge it's drink every binge night drinking. and you make cash. Yep. And so you then you, you lose half, if not more, of what you made every single night. Just on booze. But it's normal. Yeah, it's booze totally and food because you'll go mm-hmm. eat and, you're, and then you're mm-hmm. drinking, drinking, drinking. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and so it becomes like a cycle you never get out of. No, no. And I and so we watched it growing up. My parents mm-hmm. were in the restaurant business. And um, so, so that's what we saw. Like weekends were for binge drinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But then my dad was like always clever in like the way that he would cure his hangovers. So he always had like 
different methods that he would use. Okay, but like real ones or like crazy, like eat half a fish? No, yeah, like- yeah, yeah. No, like just the real, like the standard, like, you know, I mean, wake up and the hair of the dog was mm-hmm. big deal for him. Oh, yeah. So if he was drinking, you know, whatever, Coors Light or what, you know, Coors was his favorite. And uh, sorry, if you're not a sponsor, you should sponsor the show. Coors, I assure but- you, we're not getting sponsored by Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so he would start with that. Um, and then I would see him like Sundays when we would have to go to church and dad's like sweating in church you know? oh my yeah God. and he just couldn't wait for it to be over and as mm-hmm. soon as it's over we'd head to like trail dust or whatever like the nearest um steakhouse uh so that he could just grab that first ice cold beer yeah. you know so i always just saw him kind of chasing that and um and when i would think about it and this is what he would say like the best cure for hangover is one beer or, you know, one, one hair of the dog. He's like, but if you really, really want to cure it, drink three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause then you're just drunk again. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. What is like the cure for the hangover is to never stop being drunk. Never stop being drunk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just keep drinking. So, yeah. so yeah. So then came up with the concept of the show and went with it. So was he the one who said this should be a show or did you just, be- because you, that was your life. You yeah. decided to do that. Okay. Yeah. It was just my life. I was sitting around talking uh, with the owner of the station and I told him, I just, I know I want it to prom- promote music. I know mm-hmm. that I want to talk about social issues um, and, you know, getting people out to vote, like a bunch of cheesy stuff that I love. To- yeah. <laughs> Still very important. Um, and then, so I was trying to think of a concept and a name for the show. Mm-hmm. I know I wanted it to be a morning show. Um, and at that time, you know, I was a heavy drinker. So it just kind of, Hey, what if we do a hangover show? Hey, why don't we call it hungover with V? Oh, awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> Is hungover even a word? I don't know. Let's go with it. I still don't know <laughs> if it's a word. <laughs> okay. How, when did that start? So that was 2011. Okay. And, um, the Dallas Observer picked it up right away because it was, you know, back then not a lot of people were, it, it's crazy. Everyone has like a YouTube show now and, mm-hmm. you know, um, not everyone was really doing that then and it was locally, oh, yeah. local show. Um, so, so rem- you made a name for yourself being drunk all the time, being basically. Being drunk all the time. Being hungover <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, I set the yeah. bar really low. <laughs> so that way if I showed up, people were like, oh, cool, we made it. <laughs> awesome, yeah. But I knew Dan back then, and we were, we were, I mean, we partied really hard together. Uh, and it's funny because we talk about that, but neither of us really remember partying together because yeah. we were both just partying super hard yeah, you know from other people yeah, telling you the yeah, stories yeah exactly oh, yeah yes. exactly i actually so. just i was telling her on the car right up here this morning mm. we're just gonna detour right now yeah. uh had a guy come up to me two days ago who is just <laughs> who is just like i know you and i never know if it's from the shows or anything so i just go oh really from where and he was like, from a long time ago. And I go, oh, yeah. Where? And he said, you used to go to Natsuo after hours, which is like our like after hours, like, like hub, grimy, like drinking, oh, yep. drinking at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of drugs going on in dark corners of that place. And he's like, you used to go to Natsuo after hours. And I was like, oh, shit, you mean like you knew me, knew me. That was like 15 <laughs> years ago. And he was like, oh, yeah. And I said, I am so sorry. Oh, yeah. Because you never showed up there. Like sober. It no. was the end. You were already gone. And he just looked at me and said, I'm not. And I was like, oh, oh no. Boy. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. But that's no. so much of that time to me is other people telling me what a great time we had. And I'm like, I don't. I don't remember I don't any know. of it. Yeah. How long have you been sober? Uh, I'm three and a half years now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm Congrats. almost four ish, but I don't. Thank you. Yeah. I don't. Um. I feel like I'm repeating myself on the podcast, but I'm just gonna say it. Like, I don't, I tried to quit so many times. Yeah. And I would make it a week or a month right. or a couple of days. And each one felt like a, you know, it's a, it, it, they are accomplishments. Right. When you're doing it every day for a decade, even two days off is a big a, deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I kept track of them. Yeah. But it didn't stick so many times that I don't actually have a sober date because it, I honestly didn't believe it was going to stick. Wow. I was like, we'll see, you know? And so I know generally ish. You're about three. three, Yeah. I'm about three and a half, but I don't even have a date because I just, I didn't have faith in myself, honestly. Wow. That's crazy. And then to come this far. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know when I did it, I, I didn't know what how how it was gonna happen either. Yeah. I was like, "Hmm, okay, we'll see. (laughs) So, okay. So, 
this is a little bit different from the other uh, episodes mm. because most the, the idea of the show was that I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> and I'm still figuring it out even a couple of years in because it's really it's confusing at first. It's right. very confusing. Mm. Um, and so I was speaking with people who had more time than me to ask them like, okay, how did you do it? What what was going on? Tell me, am I doing this right? <laughs> right, right. But when I was reading the article, you are newly sober. I'm a noob. Yeah. And so this is this is new for me to speak with somebody who, who's new. So how long are you right now? So it was seven months on the first wow. of August. Okay. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. So it's funny. Um, Dan, Dan mm-hmm. Dancy, he was laughing when he, the article came out and he was like, wait, Veronica, like, did you like just get sober so you could be in the article? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so messed up. Like Dan. always promoting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always promoting. Yeah, you know me, just put on our next project. But you know, it, for me, it was just I, man, cheesy and cliche. But I just keep saying like, I'm not going to drink today. Mm-hmm. That's all I really can do. Yeah. You know. And when I when I decided to quit, it was crazy. I decided to quit because I was going to be on some medication that it just didn't mix well. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how? What happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so that was. So it was to me. It was a fairly simple. Did I know I was a heavy drinker? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an idiot, of course. My mm-hmm. whole show life has been kind of uh, revolving around it. But um, so what I did is I quit early. I didn't start the new the medication I was going to be on until like end of February. Okay. But I decided I was just going to quit drinking on uh, New Year's. Okay. Like I was literally going to have a big party New mm-hmm. Year's Eve and then wake up hungover for the last time January 1st. Got it. Okay. And then I thought, well cool okay so i'm doing this start the medication and then i'm off the medication now it was just like something you know simple. oh you yeah okay, yeah okay off the medication realizing through this like holy crap man i'm, I'm an alcoholic mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dang yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I didn't, no one told oh, me holy, nobody <laughs> what the, you know and then everyone around me starts telling me you know well you remember and do you and i'm oh. like oh no i don't and and yeah. constantly walking around feeling you have to apologize to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now. Like, yeah. Sorry. Like, sorry. So, okay. So let me ask, before you got on this medication, did you think about quitting or was it not even, was it never even a thought? It was never a thought. Really? Okay. I mean, I think there, you have, you go through the, I'll take it easy. You know, I quit drinking wine a few years back mm-hmm. uh, because there was a really bad incident. Yeah. And it's just me acting like an idiot, you know, and I completely acted like a, just, a, a, do you cuss on here? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Like an asshole. Yeah. I was a complete asshole and it was at a family gathering and I mm-hmm. had like, you know, the big jugs of wine. Yeah. 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 Like I had that like yeah. all to myself oh, and man. yeah, I was feeling all kinds of feelings and being a little too honest with the family. Yeah. A little too <laughs> honest. And I kicked my husband out, oh. like wake up in the guest bedroom at my mom's. He's gone and he's like the nicest person on the planet. Right. And mm-hmm. so the kids were visiting. My kids are older and they were all gone. And I'm like in the bed, fully clothed, trying to figure out what the hell happened. Mm didn't quit drinking mm-hmm. but i quit drinking wine you know because yeah. it was what it had to have been the wine it was the wine it wasn't me yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. had to be the wine and then like a couple of years later um had another really bad episode and this time i was drinking liquor mm-hmm. so it was like hard liquor so i mean jesus got in the car like Drove off, mm-hmm. like did all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, got thrown out of a, a venue. Oh wow! Yeah. And oh. I was actually watching like a burlesque show. Like oh, got invited. Funny. Yeah, got invited by circle. like the host. Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. crazy. And then I think I fell asleep at the bar. I'm still not even sure. Like, oh wow! Yeah, I'm not even sure exactly what happened. But the um, somebody bartender bouncer whatever grabbed me. And goes to throw me out. And I woke up like mid throw out oh, and thought he no. was attacking me and started like 
hitting, punching, kicking. Oh my god. No joke. And then he just like like a rag doll like picks me up outside and like chunks me onto the street. And this is in Deep Ellum. This is like my home, right? Yeah. Where I where I do everything. Oh yeah. wow. So I'm so, guessing you you're you black out too. That's I, what oh, I do. I black out. Total blackout. Total yeah. blackout. And and wake up like little pieces of it, but mm-hmm. like I, when I you know when you when you're that drunk and you um rage. Yeah. Nothing's gonna stop that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. after that, I quit drinking liquor because it had to be the liquor, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very yeah, logical. No, oh no, absolutely, absolutely. Like it's I, I'm laughing because I understand, and because I know everybody listening to this is going to understand. Is going to understand absolutely. that. Yeah. So you know, and uh, this time again, I was just a complete you know asshole to my husband, and he's just like the nicest, most patient human on the mm-hmm. planet. Not really a heavy drinker, just but anyway. So go on the apology tour, yeah. And um, so then I'm just drinking beer, you know, and then cider, and then yeah. a, a shot. You know, I'll have a shot. It's fine. Yeah, just one. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but it's never just one. Um, So to me, I think I knew when, for me, it was like a sign. I was like, I'm going to be on these meds. It's going to be like five, four or five months Mm -hmm. on this. And okay, so maybe this will be like my window Mm -hmm. to just stop. Yeah. And so, yeah, seven months. And I, you know, I don't, I don't miss all those feelings. Mm -hmm. The blacking out not knowing what happens, trying to put together the pieces. Yeah. Apologizing for everything. Yeah. And, and especially when you have to apologize and you don't remember what you did. Yeah. I I Ugh. actually, what was worse for me was how often, even if nothing happened, I was so used to apologizing that I woke up kind of panicked of like, what ha- Like I just felt guilty. Right. Because surely something happened last night because if I blacked out, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Something had to happen. And I would have so many people like, no, everything was fine. What are you talking about? But it didn't relieve the guilt because I didn't know. So, of course, they just don't want to tell me. Right. They just don't want to tell me right. what happened. They're just being nice. Exactly. And, mm, yeah. yeah it, it, it's definitely crazy when you think about it. But, you know, I and I guess because you're three, three and a half years. So what people don't realize is all of the emotional stuff that comes with being sober. And I think it's actually in your trailer. You're like, now I'm sober. Feeling my feelings. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I know. sorry. It's, I feel like I'm talking to past I, me. I I'm like. <laughs> right here. Future me. Guide me. It's so crazy. I've never been the person who knows a little bit more. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. It's so. And this can totally change because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just every month you figure out more. Yeah. Um, in my experience, the first year I was batshit. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's just, it's confusing. It, in, for me personally, it was very confusing. And a re- even though I was grateful for waking up not feeling like death Mm -hmm. and for the peace that was in my life because I wasn't fighting all the time and all that stuff I was so grateful for all of those feelings but I still spent most of my time just trying not to drink convincing myself not to drink yeah and I am stubborn Mm -hmm. many people will say okay remove yourself from from the bars, from the scenes, from all that stuff for a while until you're comfortable and then go back. And I was like, fuck that. You're not going to tell me what to do. I went out even more because I was proving I'm not different. I can do this. I can do this. And I saw in the article about how you're still doing all this stuff. So I was like, I I understand. Yeah. But in my case, I do not want to project. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So much of my time was spent not drinking that the feelings were coming in but I was still very distracted from them. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's intense to suddenly have to feel them. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know how to process. You're just, you're just like, what is this thing? What's happening? And then you kind of run away from it in other things. Personally, I became a workaholic, yeah. threw myself into work like a crazy person. I became a workaholic and I did not know that this was a thing, but spending a lot of money oh, is apparently my. like people shop like crazy get out of my life (laughs) okay i didn't know that i heard that later on like two years later from someone and i was like that's what was happening like you saw the amazon packages (laughs) it's 
stop like, making and sense. I want you to know like I made my husband order like we didn't have to order like we have a tent we have you know, oh no but, but I made him because it's like some sort of it's, it's like feeling, a drug for me you're it's like feeling euphoric. a need yeah and I'm like you know for me I'm like get online I'm like mm-hmm. get on Amazon you know yeah. I've been I mean, he's like literally banned me from because that's what I'll do. He goes to sleep and I'm up two or three, four a.m. now mm-hmm. with my. Thoughts. You have energy all of a I sudden. All this and en- I have all this energy, yep. and I'm literally just like on Wish and on Amazon and on, and yeah. I'm just like ordering, and things will trickle in. He's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> no, because you're, you're trying to fill your time. You're like suddenly I have all time. The, I have time. Days are forever. <laughs> They're so long. They're so fucking <laughs> so long. And I'm like, how how do people not get how things do done? Do this? Yeah, yeah. Because the day never stops. It never ends. Yeah. It's crazy when you're present the whole time. Mm-hmm. It I, that's something that is very difficult to explain to people who have not experienced everyday right. drinking. When you suddenly have an entire day, you don't know how to fill it. No, like for instance, my normal Sunday would be waking up around noon mm-hmm. because I was out till four drinking. Spending last two night. hours trying to wake up. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then like wake up to a chain of text messages with friends. Like where are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. And, go and to then brunch. go out again. Yeah. Cause brunch is cool. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we go to brunch. It's a cool thing to do. And then you get drunk all over and then you're day drinking mm-hmm. and then, you know, passing up. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because I'm definitely in the most batshit crazy portion of my sobriety mm. <laughs> right now. And I can I'm feel sorry. it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can feel it. But I try not, I'm trying not to like spend all my time at the bars and at mm-hmm. the club. I'm trying, you know, but yeah. it's kind of hard because, because you don't know what else to do. I don't yeah. know what else to do. Yeah. You know, went to my brother's last night Mm-hmm. And it was a birthday party for his uh, step grandson. Mm-hmm. One year birthday party. They had a pina colada machine. Yeah, because it's not for the baby. <laughs> I know that party. A pina colada machine, which, by the way, they put like two jugs of rum and like a bottle of one fifty one into. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for the yeah. And so I'm there, and you know everybody's drink. I can smell. <laughs> it's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's but I can't. I can't like not do those things, you yeah. know, like I want to be there at the same time. What I've learned, and I don't know if this is something, maybe you can advise me on this. Mm-hmm. I realize that my trigger is not so much people drinking. My trigger is really drunk people. Okay. I don't know how or why, but. Do, and by trigger, do you mean it makes you want to drink or it's just annoying or what is, what I is it? I feel like thing? it's a little bit of all of it. Okay. Like, and, and I think also it makes me see maybe the person that I was and I don't really like that. Yeah. Cause it yeah. forces me to realize like I was this, I was this person. Yeah. And so I'm still having trouble being around. Like I cannot be around someone who's really wait. I just can't. It's, yeah. And it's funny. Like I'm perfectly fine. If you're sitting there, you know, my husband still drinks, mm-hmm. you know, but he never gets wasted. Uh, and that annoys me. I don't know why. That's all <laughs> you're like, you're healthy. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That annoys the crap out of me. I'm like, whatever. You're normal yeah. drinker. <laughs> know what that's like so so that that's annoying um but but i i've noticed that if i if i come across a group of people or even a group of friends and they're Mm. wasted i need to leave yeah because it just i I mean i I start getting like anxiety yeah i i completely understand that Mm. i i don't know if that ever ends and you've given me a question to ask people (laughs) who are further along than me but um yeah I can say I know I don't feel triggered by it anymore. I do understand that feeling. I yeah. absolutely understand that. I no longer feel triggered by it. Somewhere along the line, I switched to, I mean, it still annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is nothing more obnoxious than somebody talking an inch from your face and you can smell like the, the alcohol booze. and it's just, and they're yelling and not making and a lot of sense. To, they have to be an inch from your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh it's the yeah! Only way this conversation. The only way they happen. know how to talk, and nothing's making a lot of sense, especially repeaters. The re- the drunk repeaters that say the same sentence over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's annoying, but somewhere along the line, it switched from being a trigger to me to I am grateful because I'm no longer like I think because I now know that's not a thing that I I long to be. Or like I, I don't right. miss that at at any so at grateful. all anymore. So instead, I'm like, oh wow, like how wonderful to be in this place where I feel so distant from this 
this thing in front of me. Not, wow. I don't want to say like sound like a shit piece no. of shit thing, but you know, from this this uh, uh, what's the word? Just, I don't want to say character, but right, yeah, the person in front of me, I don't relate to on any level anymore. And knowing that I was that person and I now don't, yeah, I am so incredibly grateful Ooh, for that. That's a that's a big powerful word, yeah. and uh, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll That's going to be every you. day of your yeah. life soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I need to hear that because I, I wonder how, you know, mm-hmm. how to deal with it. And so, you know, I, for me, I know that the, the best part about being sober is that I can just leave whenever I want. <laughs> and that is, yeah, that's definitely part of it. So yeah. I will tell you something that took me probably six months to a year to learn. Mm. I walk away now. It was so built in of like, I still don't want like to be rude. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to be rude. And I especially, I had all the things like, I don't want to be like, man, she's a bitch and she's sober. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Because I say that anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I was so fighting that. And it took me a long time to realize that when somebody is like that completely glassy eyed, like swaying back and forth, I'm like, you're not going to remember me being remember. rude. I can literally, you mid-sentence, turn around and walk away, and it makes no difference in your existence. So true. And reaching that point brought me a lot of, like, my sanity back yeah. of, like, I don't have to stay here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I you know, and it's funny, but I figured that out. My patience level is, like, zilch oh, yeah. for that right now. Like, mm-hmm. I have none. And I had a, an instance when, about a month and a half ago, about six weeks, I'll say, when I came out of denial. Because that's how long it took, yeah. uh, and I used to always say I love to live in a perpetual state of denial. Oh, yeah. um, oh I know that place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> being sober, you realize it's not. You're not in denial. You're just avoiding. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I was really good at avoiding. Yeah. And um, so it was about six weeks ago, and I came up on one of my good girlfriends, and she was on the level. You know, and mm-hmm. and when when I came up to her I was in such a good place and in such a good mood and had just like a nice evening and then all of a sudden I'm like smack in the middle of like just really 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 you know drunk people mm. and I turned around and I was like I can't and that was the first time I realized I cannot be around this mm. cannot and I could not and you know I left and I cried like just sobbing mm-hmm. you know and i'm like what the fuck are yeah. you crying about <laughs> like nothing happened there's yeah. nothing like she you know, she didn't say anything wrong like there, i i don't and i and i'm sitting here trying to figure out and it was because i still see myself in in mm-hmm. all this and i'm just like oh my god like yeah. all the shit that i did yeah to my family to you know just all of this starts to snowball yeah and so it's good to hear the word grateful because mm-hmm. i do need to be grateful for not being that person yeah but i still feel like i have a long way to go before i can really feel that way you know yeah and i mean i it i don't know when it happened like i said to me first year was crazy yeah, it's so nice. um second year was like okay i'm figuring this out and I mean, I actually talked to a, a circus performer in Austin named Bobby Barnaby, and he he made a good point about this. So, the second year, I started like really quickly, I'll say developing, mm-hmm. but I felt like I went through like a time warp <laughs> where I went through puberty adolescence <laughs> becoming an adult then being a functioning adult but wow. in like a year wow things quickly quickly made sense and i was like oh and that's why i do this and that's why this happens and this, is a, and this happens because when i was You're a like kid a- this was going on and this is what being angry is like okay like it was very it's very hard to explain well, it's like a rebirth it's, yeah you're it's, starting over and i was like really breaking down like said what is anger what is sadness what why am i feeling these things oh i cannot feel these things if i don't want to how can i control this it was very bizarre to feel like i went through an entire new puberty yeah and so when talking to bobby barnaby and trying to explain this he said that there was some therapist i want to say or some book that he read that said that the the age that you are when you start your heavy drinking or using is where you stop mentally developing. And so that when you stop, 
once it all starts rushing in, you are going back to that place and then given getting all that lifetime so of stuff. Crazy. Like that gave me goosebumps. I know ah. what he told me is I was like, that's that thing oh my God. that I just took way too many words to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I'm probably about thirteen years old. Is that when you right Okay, now. that's what I wanted to ask next. Like, yeah, I was thirteen when I mean I wasn't I don't I wouldn't say I was like a big heavy drinker, right? You're 13. Like, so I drank when I could get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we drink at parties. Um, uh, but 13 was when I smoked my first joint. Okay. And I never stopped smoking. After oh, you're super that. potted. Yeah. Yeah. Me super too. potted. Oh me my too. God. It was such a potted. Sorry, mom. But she, <laughs> but she knows now. Trust me. The gig is up. <laughs> I couldn't hide it for 30 years. There's no way. <laughs> um, but that's when I started, you know, doing drugs. And that's when I started, drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. binge drinking you know so that we would go to parties and do whatever to try and stay the night Mm -hmm. you know so that way i wouldn't have to come home blackout yeah um so that's kind of where it all kind of started you know and then Mm -hmm. i I had my daughter really young i got pregnant really young um so i was 15 when i had my daughter oh wow um which fast forward to now i'm a grandma that's why shut up (laughs) i mean how old grandma sorry um i'm 41 shut up yeah (laughs) 41 i know this is me with no makeup you guys get me like in all my glory today well and also (laughs) usually people who drink like for that many years and stuff it doesn't look good it'll catch up oh yeah Yeah. oh wow so you okay so yeah so i had my daughter uh when i was 15 young and um and then it was just kind of like a series of working taking on extra jobs working in the Mm. restaurant industry um you know just doing whatever to make money and then spending the weekends drinking Mm. and i think about that a lot like a lot of times i would leave her with my mom Mm -hmm. just so i could Mm -hmm. go get wasted yeah and I'm sure at the time you can rationalize like I'm I'm being a teenager. It's not it's um, not yeah, fair. It's not fair. Yeah. It's like wait, but you have a baby. Yeah. It's not fair for her, you know. And so definitely a lot of regret. But I was young. I was a young mom, and um, we were kind of raising each other almost. It was mm-hmm. like you know her being around forced me to kind of grow up a little bit. But yeah. then I still wasn't grown up yeah so yeah so i'd definitely say i'm about 13 and i think my husband would agree right 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 now (laughs) i'm like the teenager he never wanted (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Um, he's watching you grow up yeah he is he's watching me i'm grown up right now yeah Um, oh yeah so and again, I just, I heard this from somebody else and I was like mind blown where I was like, oh, that's and what that was. And I think I've heard was. that before because I've heard it like, I guess about trauma. So also for trauma victims or, you know, you know, if you experience childhood trauma, mm-hmm. like you typically stay stuck, whatever age that was until oh. you start to deal with process it, it. Until you process it and deal well, with it. Well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone back that far. Well, there you go. <laughs> You still have work to do, I guess. Oh, oh, I know but that. Man, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's just crazy. It's crazy. God, yeah, our brains are so weird. And you know, and processing emotions. So, so I quit drinking. Right, January first. My mom got diagnosed with breast cancer February twenty eighth. Oh no, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, and fine now. Good, she, good. yeah, she's gone through. She finished her last radiation. Uh, good. She's doing really well. But I also realized that being sober put me there with her a Mm. lot more if if i was drinking that's how i would be coping with oh yeah you know i'd be drinking and even if i was still visiting her i would be drinking at her house yeah 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 because it's how we're dealing with how we deal with it right and and so um her and my dad quit drinking shortly after i did oh wow yeah oh my god i have not heard of that happening (laughs) i know and so i think like for my mom i would never say my mom was as heavy as a drinker like Mm -hmm. i mean she she could throw down you know but she wasn't i don't know she wasn't as heavy as a bin drinker and maybe that's just later in life she just kind of she she tapered off Mm -hmm. but my dad man he still goes all the way right um and so they quit shortly after and i don't know how or why they came to that family in recovery that's crazy i know oh man y'all are gonna have some crying like oh me me and my mom (laughs) are oh man we're there yeah we're there we cry over everything (laughs) oh like oh my god did you see that mom yeah we're crying let's do it Um, but 
so it's been kind of a, di- a totally different dynamic mm-hmm. going to my parents and like there's no drinking happening because yeah. usually that's what it was right we'd go over there we'd take mm-hmm. some beer take take some tequila margaritas yeah. are being made you know in a split second well yeah. i think the fact that you could go through something that intense yeah because i mean for so many people I, I imagine that could have been an easy like you know what? Never mind. I'll start this afterwards. We'll start afterwards. We'll start afterwards yeah. so that you could go through such an intense emotional time still not drinking. Yeah. It's kind of like something for you to look back at, you know, at like, any oh. other time when it kind of, when you're like, I don't know, maybe just want like, if I got through that, me fucking getting a parking ticket's fine. It's fine. I yeah, cannot drink totally for this one more fine. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it definitely, it helped me be strong mm-hmm. you know and like i said it also it just it it lunged us a lot closer together than anything you know and for my mom to go through something like this and then just the, the thought of us being drunk through it yeah that would have that would have been horrible yeah like, you know there's no way because there's so so many emotions and so much that goes through it that you have to process like in real time. And it's like, that would be so unfair for my mom to be going through this and maybe drunk. You know? Sounds like something to be grateful for. <laughs> There's that word again. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to start working towards that oh, word. It's, oh, I'm yeah. fucking telling you that yeah, word has changed right. my life. You're right. Um, okay. So I need to go back and okay. Because your public persona was so based around drinking that is something i very much relate to Mm. um i was really really worried that quitting drinking meant i wasn't going to get hired anymore you know that was part of my thing like i was the MC that Mm -hmm. i always asked for a wireless mic because i was going to wander around sit on people's laps take their drinks from them you know like that was (laughs) wait i didn't know that was an option (laughs) i could have definitely done that oh my god yeah it was that was part of my thing is that i would do that you know and i would steal people's drinks but it was just silly because i'm just being cute and um so i was very much concerned so i completely get that so since you stopped like had you had it affect your work? Had you had like, was it were people like, what the fuck? But you're, but you're V like, what was the response? You know, it's funny. So the, the first major thing that I did was the deep Elm arts festival. Okay. And I MC mm-hmm. and I usually MC the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. So this was the first year that I was doing it without alcohol. So I was a little bit nervous because mm-hmm. it was just like, how's it going to be? Yeah. All I'm doing is bringing oh, yeah. musicians. Like my green room was like the greenest room of all the rooms. Mm. Lots of things going on because yeah. you had musicians coming in and out. Oh yeah. And yeah. then it's my job to kind of keep them company and entertain them in between their sets. Yeah. You're a host yeah, I'm as well. Host. Yeah, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. they had this year was the first year that they decided to put a whole bunch of free beer in my tent. <laughs> Of course. Of course it was. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So they bring in this big cooler full of ice and some water. And then, yeah. <laughs> Here's one water for it's you like all to one share. Water. <laughs> they had a, you know, a beer sponsor. And so they had just, and the beer was just plentiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, great. The, the, the crazy part about it is I think I was a much better host. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I'm sure you were. I was, yeah, I was way more on it. Sorry. Here's uh-huh. the part where, where the greenness shows that you're still saying that's the crazy part. Yeah. Yeah, you're it's right. It's crazy that I was better at my job when I wasn't drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Oh, my it. God. I get it because yeah. I did the same thing where I was like, but I'm not going to be funny if I'm sober. I'll never be funny this again. Is not, I can't go on stage. And then I was like, oh, wait. I'm better because if I fuck up, I know. I know. I versus did. before, I just didn't know. Yeah. 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 And, and and God forbid somebody told me I fucked up while I was fucked up. Oh, I would no. like, oh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, I would like destroy you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like watch the Taz, you know, come to life. Um, and it was great. You know, I, I had a lot of fun. I remembered what I was supposed to say. Mm-hmm. I got up there. <laughs> turns good. out like I was a functioning human <laughs> without alcohol. Good. Um, so I'm glad. I just drank a lot of Topo Chico. Oh, God. <laughs> Topo Chico is, yeah. Dude. They're like, making so much money. Like, there's a the, whole sober, sober curious mom- yes. like, movement. And I'm like, oh, they are raking it in. Now, I don't know if you discovered this, but like, so I used Topo Chico in place of where I would have used beer. Well, you know, obviously. Yeah. For, but um, so I really like like Micheladas. Oh, and I use Topo Chico now. Try oh, it, Topo. So if you steal good. this from me, I want my billions. Um, but yeah, so I 
That's like oh, one of my favorite yeah. drinks. So yeah, I used to drink a lot of micheladas in the shower. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> that was yeah. nothing like a shower so, michelada. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that sounds so good. I will try that. Yeah, Thank so try you. it with topo. It's Thank you. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so, oh my god, I was so nervous getting on stage sober. Not even just the first time, the first while. Yeah. It took me a while before I realized I am so much better without like I, I I logically knew it but emotionally yeah. like you just it's it I had to feel my feelings like mm-hmm. we keep saying I used to host an open mic and it was stand-up comedy really? and you've, um, God, you've done a lot of I've things. done a lot of things yeah, yeah. so I hosted open mic and that was a uh, stand-up and uh, acoustic acts oh so fun, fun. Do the, the blend we went to a an open mic here at chocolate secrets it was a bakery slash bar oh really yeah it was it was really interesting but yeah it was a similar type where it was an open mic it was comedy and music it was more like hip-hop and stuff oh nice but yeah it was really interesting yeah Yeah, i want to i want to visit more open mics in dallas just because we're here now for the shows i want to book more which is this is accidentally perfect i want to book more locally because so many Mm -hmm. of my contacts were houston based we were bringing everybody up. It's a variety show. So it's burlesque, it's stand-up comedy, it's music, circus, variety type acts. Perfect. So I, that's why we were coming up so often to try to like go to open mics and see who's doing things. Yeah. No, I, I definitely recommend it. There's so much talent yeah. here in Dallas. Oh, I can like tell. there's so Y'all have much, a lot of open mics. A, a lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. So if you can get to, I would definitely just start, start with one and work your way all the way around. And then if you ever need help booking music, I'm your gal. Oh, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I, just, I, I was like, oh, great. She does like radio stuff. Perfect. And yeah. now I've heard all this other stuff. And I'm like, what the? Fuck? Yeah. Well, you know, I originally started. That's how I, st- I started booking. That's, you know, but again, oh, I was yeah. booking basically to fill the clubs for myself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. So I end everything where I ask everybody the same question. If you could snap your fingers and people instantly around the world just believed it was in their head they knew this was their fact believed two things what would it be the only thing is one has to be good for like all of humanity and the other one has to be totally selfish and self-serving and good for you (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's funny like i I immediately go for the non-selfish i go big right so that we have enough food and water in the world already if we were just able to figure out a way to conserve it and distribute it Mm. we could literally feed every homeless person every hungry person we Mm -hmm. already have all of the resources Mm -hmm. we have the resources and for me if I could just snap my fingers I would figure out a way for us to just be utilizing them the Mm -hmm. right way so that we don't have what's happening now. Yeah. Um, to make it a priority, basically. To make it a real priority. Yeah. yeah. For a, a real priority. Because uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting, it's getting really scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the more people we have in poverty, the more crime. People are fighting for their lives, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. And, you know, when you see people getting robbed and, you know, I'm, I, I always think of, like, I'm sorry, but if you think of the person on the other end, like, yeah. what's really happening? Yeah. I heard a phrase a couple of years ago that really changed. I don't even want to say my thoughts on other people because honestly, I thought about a lot of what I came up with as well, came up in, uh, was survivor economy. Mm-hmm. Just hearing that phrase, and then there was this article just going into the whole thing. They were actually talking about a girl who was a stripper who was running for like mayor or something in some small town, and she didn't win. And um, that really, I think it gives you a different perspective on. Not only what other people, like you said, are going through, mm-hmm. but it also, I guess, relieves some guilt that mm-hmm. I had for past stuff that I don't. Where I was like, like I did. I'm a still bunch not of even stuff. addressing that oh, stuff, wah, you know, because I'm not there yet. It's yeah. the, but talk yeah. to you in a year. We'll get you back. Right? Yeah, get me back in a year. <laughs> but, but you're right. But yeah, it's, it it releases a lot of guilt to be like, like I mean, because like I I was a dancer when like at twenty one twenty two, and. Uh, like I don't, I don't feel guilty about it because I'm like, oh yeah, I was young and it was well, it a lot happened. of money and it right. just happened. But there is definitely like a well, if should anybody judge me because you're used to just defending yourself. I'm like, right. I grew up in a trailer park. I had no concept of something other than poverty. Right. And suddenly there was this thing in front of me where there was like a way out 
it seemed completely reasonable. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's this or living in poverty forever mm-hmm. and continuing the cycle that my family had been in forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's you find a way out and other people's way outs are sometimes violence or drugs yeah. or different things, but they're just looking for a way out. Yeah, and and it really is you if you're you're doing what you need to do for you. Mm-hmm. And it really it just sucks that we're in like such a culture where everyone is the judge and jury. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, you're instantly boom, you're you're that's it. Like you are shunned for the way you think or for your actions or for the things you do and nobody stops to like take a minute, take a step back. What is the like, why? Why? Why yeah. do you think that person's doing that? Yeah. And this is like the time we really do need to unite, yeah. and unify, you know, but it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. It's sad. I wish that's yeah. the one thing I wish I could just snap my fingers and all right, we're living off the land for real and we really are, you know, utilizing yeah. our resources, but See, I'm opposite. I think it's going to be fine. You think? Okay, well, all right. <laughs> if you say so, you're ahead of me, so yeah. <laughs> I'll no, take your word I, for it. <laughs> I just, I see such, I hope in, so. I see such intense empathy continuing to grow. Um, I, I think that the more connected we are, like it's, it has created obviously a lot of divisiveness because mm-hmm. People don't know how to use the new technology that we have. And there's just a lot of yelling. Yeah. But I, I think that it's also growing a very strong level of empathy. The fact that you and I are having this conversation right now. Right. I feel super connected to you. Mm-hmm. And we just met. Right. But I think that you can you can reach out to people now in a way that was not previously an option Mm -hmm. and that those connections keep getting made and that it is uh, exponentially growing Mm -hmm. and that empathy is going to just be unavoidable right I hope so I really do you know Mm because you do start to see what's happening you're just like okay but I'll be hopeful (laughs) be hopeful hopeful. Um, (laughs) but now totally selfish be selfish now (laughs) Um, wow so I have this like thing where I really, really want to be Oprah. <laughs> okay. So I, I 100% feel, relate to know, that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I really just, you know, like I, I'm working on something right now, a project. Oh, and so we're, yeah, and it will be uh, something we're launching. It'll be on Roku. It's going to be like a cable TV show. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's like my first real big Oprah step, yes. right? Like to be on, on, on cable where it's going to be kind of like a really early, early morning news show but it's all satire i love it yeah yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun with it so i so for me i just want people to really just watch the show love it so much so then we get something else launched you know maybe a netflix special mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Put it and out then there. eventually i'll have my own daily daytime talk show and then i'll be the oprah in everyone's oh you know living God. rooms because <laughs> she she was like my other mom right like mm-hmm. so you have your parents and then i had oprah at four o'clock every day so <laughs> oh my god yeah, so I, that's what i want to be so i somehow. have complete faith in your ability to do it because <laughs> Here's another place that we relate on. You have done so much. Mm-hmm. I know we barely like scratch the surface. Like you've yeah. done so many things and you did it all like functioning at half speed. Right. If that. Right. Once you're like revving up, mm-hmm. you're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. I can absolutely see that in you. Yeah. I've already felt like I'm writing a lot more, um, pitching things a lot more. Um, just good. Yeah. I'm, I'm That's the amazing. creative bug is back in me i am uh gonna do another podcast i'm bringing hungover with v the podcast back mm-hmm. and you know and i was toying back and forth with should i change the name mm-hmm. should i change you know and i'm like i don't want to i don't know like i'm not ready mm-hmm. just totally give up on hungover with v because i think there's still a lot of people that can relate to that oh absolutely it's still yeah. a thing you know in dallas is Man, it's a heavy drinking culture. It's mm-hmm. a heavy binge drinking culture. Um, and it's a heavy drug culture. Yeah. Not a lot of people really talk about that. It's normalized. It's really normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that just kind of people think through my journey, maybe they can kind of reflect and, you mm-hmm. know, but so I think if I just still am honest and look, we still have the show. It's still tongue in cheek. You can mm-hmm. still come on and have a drink. You can yeah. still not take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, then it should be fun. Yeah. You are doing so much. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I am. I'm very, very glad we connected. I am too. Thank think, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I think we have a lot in common, and I'm very excited to see all of Everything. just what yeah. unfolds. Yeah. There's <laughs> so unfold. many projects. Right now, I'm crazy. So just, uh, I'm <laughs> That's trying, my husband's trying to block me from shopping online. So <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we're one step at. at a time. One <laughs> step at a time. Okay. Thank you so much, V. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That was me and Veronica. I loved getting to meet her. You know, when we first recorded that interview, I didn't intend on it being the last episode, but it's kind of perfect. I had spent so much of my time feeling lost, getting to be the person who tells someone, hey, I've been there. It's normal. You're going to be fine. That's new. I'm super happy to say that Veronica now has over a year under her belt. You know, all the interviews from season two are from six to nine months ago. It's taken me so long to finish all the edits. Not because it's hard. I mean, it is hard. But lots of my work is hard. That's not it. I just, I kept pushing it off, focusing on other projects. I felt really guilty about it. And it wasn't until recently that I realized I wasn't driven because I don't relate to that Kiki anymore. I started this podcast because I was confused and lonely. In the first teaser episode, I said, I'm just trying to learn how to be a person. And that wasn't a joke. I really didn't understand. Reality was rushing in and I was desperately looking for someone, anyone, to tell me it's going to be okay. And I found that in these people. But that's not me anymore. I'm not lonely. I'm not confused. I'm not trying to figure out who am I? I know who I am. And I'm pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) It's like they say in AA. I'm happy, joyous, and free. In the past, that would have made me roll my fucking eyes. But now I'm like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Which means the podcast isn't me anymore. I still get a little lonely sometimes, but now I know what to do when that happens. I reach out to one of my many genuine, supportive, amazing friends. Some are in showbiz, some are not, but all are good people who make my life better. As for dating, I wish there was an episode where I could have said, I cracked the code, here's the secret. And past me would hate hearing this, but it's just time. Until I knew who I was and what I wanted, I didn't have the ability to look at someone else and think, oh, I don't want that in my life. Or more importantly, I want that. (laughs) I'm not saying it's easy. Dating is always weirdo. But now it's really fun. (laughs) The good ones are great and the bad ones, well, I can laugh about them on stage. (laughs) And hopefully you'll be able to see me on stage soon. I've been building out a huge Vegas scale circus burlesque show that I intend on touring the country with. And my stand-up is the best it's ever been. So until the circus is finished, you can catch me at random comedy shows as those dates pop up. Uh, No matter when you're listening to this, I promise you'll be able to find out more about those by checking out kikimaroon.com or following me on Twitter and Instagram at kikimaroon. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please consider rating or reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to. It shows the powers that be that this is a legit show and keeps these accounts active. Even though this is the last episode, I'm still going to keep up the websites and hosting because maybe in a day or a year or in five years, someone will need this and I want it to be there for them. So no matter when you're listening, please rate and review to keep it alive. And also stay subscribed. Who knows? I might have an addendum or, you know, I did a TEDx talk called The Beauty of Rock Bottom about, you know, overcoming shit. So if I do more speaking gigs like that, I might be able to upload the audio as special episodes or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And I do want to give one big final thank you to The Last Domino for the theme song, Last Call. I can't thank him enough for it. I've linked to it in the show notes if you'd like to learn more or purchase the full track. (sighs) That's it. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. No matter when you're listening to this or what you're going through, if I made it to this point, I promise you can too. Just remember what the prophet Bill Hicks said. (laughs) Hey, don't worry. Don't be afraid ever because this is just a ride and we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice.
got it.